Welcome to the Policy and Planner English Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Laban. And today, we're checking in on some telehealth updates left over from our last season. Cast your memories back to the interview we did with Clay Purvis and Rob Fish from the Public Service Department about broadband infrastructure for telehealth. Clay and Rob are still working on that. They haven't slept much since that episode, and it's Zoom verified that Clay definitely hasn't had a haircut since that episode. But their work is only part of what we think about as we close the digital divide for telehealth access. While the Public Service Department continues its efforts to make broadband available to all Vermonters, along with programs to help make it affordable, we still need to work on getting people the equipment they need to connect and the tech support for using that equipment. Here enters the Vermont Program for Quality in Healthcare, or VPQHC, or if you're feeling lazy, just VPQ. The Vermont Program for Quality in Healthcare has been running the Vermont Statewide Telehealth Workgroup since the fall of 2019. And since the start of the pandemic, we have been partnering with the Northeast Telehealth Resource Center and Bi-State Primary Care Association to offer twice-weekly telehealth open office hours to support providers with implementing telehealth quickly under the pandemic. That was Hillary Wolfley, the Associate Director at VPQ. Uh, I don't know, Helen. She was really excited to be interviewed. That was really terrible. No, really, she was. Anyhow... We've got an organization that's been trying to provide statewide support for implementing telehealth. One of the things they'd heard on the office hours and an early survey work done with providers was concern for patients who didn't have the means of connecting for telehealth. So they were interested in helping. A willing organization is the first step. The second step is finding money. And that came in the form of the CARES Act, which provided over a billion dollars to Vermont to use in COVID-19 response. The Vermont Program for Quality in Healthcare was written into Bill H-966, an act related to COVID-19 funding and assistance for broadband connectivity, housing, and economic relief. To spearhead a pilot program to promote equitable access to healthcare by getting equipment into the hands of Vermonters that need it, to enable them to participate in a telehealth visit, and in addition to that, providing them with resources to bolster their digital literacy skills. One notable element of the VPQ funding is that it came from a bigger chunk of funding to close the digital divide, broadly speaking, not just in healthcare. VPQ's project is funded alongside efforts to get Vermonters connected to remote services of other types, like education and work, which is where I personally think it belongs. A quick digression to one of my more favorite soapboxes. We've known for a very long time, possibly for all of human medical history, that the quality of your health relies on a range of factors including issues like accessing adequate food and housing, employment in a safe and stable job, reducing social isolation. There are a lot of online tools and information sources that can help with all these things. Sometimes it can be essential. Just look at how job searching and government benefit applications have gone online, not to mention social isolation during COVID-19. Some telehealth programs are very narrowly restrictive in how devices can be used based on medical diagnosis. And I feel disappointed that what we've learned offline about all the different determinants of health doesn't always translate into how we approach telehealth. Vermont is not being narrow-minded in this regard. The basic concept is that VPQ will engage practices who are interested in helping patients connect. They're skipping specialized equipment for now and focusing on tablets. And they're giving the practices flexibility in how that equipment is managed with patients. So we are mainly focusing on distributing tablets 
and also potentially wireless boosters. At the outset of the program, we were thinking of potentially distributing a, a wide array of equipment, but we, given the time constraints, we decided to pare that down just to make sure we would be able to support troubleshooting any technical issues that arose and being able to successfully implement this program within a tight time frame. What our approach will be, we have not officially opened up recruitment, although a few organizations have reached out to us because they're interested in participating in this program, is to send out a recruitment flyer to providers and practices to see if this would benefit their patients. We want to make sure that this is a program that the providers are benefiting from and are engaged in and that the patients are benefiting from as well. We are flexible in terms of some organizations or healthcare sites that decide they want to opt into the program and have this equipment distributed to their patients. They may choose to lend out the equipment or give the equipment directly to the patient or their clients. So at this time, I'm, we're not sure. We know we have $800,000 to work with. That was how much we were funded. And the majority of that will be going to equipment distribution. But it remains to be seen how many people um, exactly it will reach. You'll notice the reference to timeline here. That's because the CARES Act funding needs to all be spent by the end of December. And no, this interview wasn't booked a long time ago. It's early September as I'm recording. So okay. You can order several hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment between now and the end of December, but distributing and then providing the tech support for practices and patients, that's more long-term. Something that needs to be considered is the sustainability of the program. So we're trying to partner with organizations that are able to support patients beyond the December 2020 timeline to make sure that if they need support with troubleshooting their equipment or have questions about how to connect with their provider by telehealth, that they are provided with those support materials when they receive the equipment and that there's no breaking continuity for those services after after December. One of the organizations that we have identified as a crucial partner in this work is Telehealth Access for Seniors. They're a national organization made up of college students, actually, that are working to distribute equipment not only to seniors, but to uh, low-income patients and impact other populations as well that align really well with the populations that we are trying to impact with our program. Another element of making the most of the funding is to avoid redundancy with other programs that provide similar support. It's important that this equipment is not distributed to any organization that has already received federal funding to carry out a similar program. So that is something that we're going to be identifying through the recruitment process to make sure that there isn't any redundancy. And here's where it gets tricky, because there's lots of coordination to be done. Ideally, we're pulling together a lot of funding bits. Remember the beginning of this episode? Of course not. None of us have a short-term memory anymore. The point was that there are programs working on different parts of the digital divide puzzle at both the state and the federal level. Broadband infrastructure, affordability, access to equipment, the ability to use that equipment once you have it, how do those all come together in a non-duplicative yet comprehensive way? Uh, we're working on that. Meanwhile, this short-term program through VPQHC can be seen as an experiment to learn what it takes to knit all those threads together. 
part of this money is going to fund uh, program evaluation consultants so we can identify that this equipment has reached the right people, is having the impact we would imagine it could have in the tight time frame that we're working with. And then also um, identify ways that we could improve the program if there is an identified future need and collect those lessons learned and apply that for the next phase. We will probably check back in on future episodes of Policy and Planner English. We will definitely check back in with the Bi-State Primary Care Association's Guide to Telehealth Resources, which gets regularly updated and will be linked in the show notes. Coming up soon, there will also be a quick check-in on what's happening with federal telehealth policy. In a word, confusion. Then, we're launching straight into Season 3, Food Access and Healthcare. If you thought I showed enthusiasm for telehealth, let me tell you that is nothing compared to my deep love for all things related to food and agriculture policy. Something to look forward to on future episodes of the Policy in Plainer English podcast.